Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah, joined by the chairman. How you doing, Brett? You know, Brian, I'm good. Good. I'm good. I'm glad. We've had a lot of things happening in the market that we need to discuss today. First off, before we discuss the topic of the day, let's do a market update, which this is actually kind of fascinating. Year to date, we're off the lows by 5 or 6% as a heads up. S&P down 19.7% on the year, so close to 20%. NASDAQ down 31%. So a huge difference between the NASDAQ, which is more tech-heavy, and the S&P 500. Here's the crazy thing, Brian. And a lot of people might look at that and say, why in the world would you invest in the NASDAQ? It's down 31% versus 20% on the S&P. 10-year returns. I didn't know it was this different, by the way, these 10-year returns. 10-year returns, the NASDAQ, 320% over 10 years. That's uh, Those are amazing returns. Those are insane. If you put that annualized, I mean, that's close to 30%. I mean, it's probably going to be a little less than that, but uh, yeah. S&P 500, and this is what blows me away, 170%. And that's really good, too. Those That's are, really good, too. They're both really But the good. NASDAQ's almost double. Yeah. So this, this reminds me of a phrase, and I want you to explain what this phrase means. From Howard Marks, who we love. He says, volatility is the price you pay for returns. What does that mean? <laughs> volatility. Because we're looking at a NASDAQ, which has 320% over 10 years, versus almost double the S&P. Yeah. But it's down 31% this year versus 20% on the on the S&P. So, if, you know, looking at that chart, there's a lot of you guys, people at home can't see this. But we'll share it on our on our yeah, blog. By there, the there's a lot of ups and downs in, in that chart. There's there's uh, a few corrections along the way, and so if if uh, you got nervous during one of those corrections, say you owned the Nasdaq, and back in say 2018 or so. Uh, we had a pretty good correction. You you would have sold out. You would have missed out on a lot of those big returns that we had, you know, since 2018 or so. So it it means that you're patient, that you stick with your investments over, you know, kind of difficult times, rough times. And to do that, you're going to experience volatility. So that's what Howard Marks is saying is that to experience, you know, good returns, you have to be willing to accept market volatility and the risk associated with getting those returns yeah as compared with bonds well with the exception of this year there's been huge volatility i mean 20-year treasuries down 30 percent this year but typically bonds are not volatile but the returns are very small compared to the to the stock market yeah speaking of bonds um going back to when i was in high school in 1980 um Really, since the early '80s, I bond, was three. I, <laughs> bond, yeah, I'm kidding. Bonds have been in this uh, really long-term bull market, where bond prices continue to go up and yields, the rate of interest that you receive on bonds has gone down, and it's really been a long. I mean, a, you know, a really long bull market for bonds. Well, that has changed. This we're in a new world right now where interest rates are actually going up. Bond prices are, have been going down yeah. and interest rates have been going up. We've been saying over the last couple of years, we've said it on a podcast many times, 
but probably the biggest bubble in this market, you know, looking back a year or two ago, if you look look back at our podcast, we've said this, the biggest bubble in the market, it was U.S. Treasuries, especially when Treasuries were at under 1% and just crazy overpriced. And now, you know, those same Treasuries are paying 4%. And people that own those Treasuries, you know, when they're under 1%, and you owned them, Getting hammered. yeah. They're they're down twenty plus percent. Yeah. So, which is that long end of the curve? That's that down thirty percent that I mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Same same scenario. Well, yeah. Let me let me just make one more comment about sure. market volatility and is the price you pay for returns. There's all kinds of studies out there that talk about investment returns versus investor returns. And there's what's the difference? You know, what's the difference between investor returns and investment returns? Well, the numbers you showed here are investment returns. These are the returns that the indexes have provided if you've been a long-term owner of those indexes. But investor returns are what the average investor, the returns that he actually gets owning, say, the NASDAQ or the S&P over that time frame. And it, there's a huge divergence between those two. It's half. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't have the exact statistics, but it's, it, it's yeah, something like half. So, so if investment returns over time are 8%, investor returns are 4 And I've seen in some... But what, what does that mean, though? Well, that means that um, investors weren't patient. They got in and out of the market. They were timing the market. Instead of just sticking with it, if they would have just held that investment over the whole time frame and didn't sell it, they would have got the investment returns. Yeah. But because they weren't, because they thought they could get in and out and time the market, instead of getting those index returns, they got something a lot less. I love that, Brian, because that brings up the whole topic for today's conversation, which is preparing for the next bull market during this bear market. That's what we're going to talk about today and we're going to share a few experiences that we've had as it relates to investor returns versus investment returns yeah and i was one of those investors at one point we all were yeah <laughs> everybody had hey, before <laughs> i'm just everybody has to you know learn uh yeah. goes through you know tough times to to and through experience you you learn what works and what doesn't and hopefully you study and you read and you learn from other people hey before we get to that quick Quick, uh, quick announcement. Next, not next, but on November 9th at 2.30, we're having a special webcast just for clients. So at November 9th at 2.30, we'll send out some invitations for it. Right now, we're in the midst of earnings season. And a lot of our, our holdings that, we, that, that you own as clients have come out with earnings. And each quarter, we're going to have a webcast where we, where we look at some of the earnings on the, the businesses that we own, and mainly Brian dissects them and talks about the health of the business, future risks, returns, um, you know, good, bad, ugly, all that kind of stuff. And uh, there's a lot of the companies that we own in the news. Um, you know, a lot of them have done really, really good, and a lot of them have done bad. And so we're going to address that on November 9th. A few of them have done bad. I wouldn't say a lot. Did I say a lot? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. From a broad perspective, correct me if I'm wrong, earnings have been good. Yeah, I, I, I definitely say that. I, I think as, as I look back at our portfolio of companies and the companies that have actually reported earnings, um, and there's a significant amount, I don't have the exact numbers, but I can think of one that where I was really, really disappointed, and that was yesterday. Um, they reported. But the other ones, I mean, the market was uh, somewhat 
disappointed in maybe their growth rates, but the businesses are really healthy and I'm still very optimistic and bullish on, on those businesses. Yeah. There's, there's one out there that reported yesterday. I'm, um, was very, was very, dude, it's core business did awesome. Core business was awesome. Expenses were way up, way more than expected. And, Let's talk about and so disappointed there, but we, we can talk about that. <laughs> November a, 9th. Yeah. So, uh, if you're interested in the businesses you own and, and so we'll, we'll have kind of a prepared presentation for 30 minutes and then do a Q and a, any questions that you guys have about or gals have about any of the, the businesses that we own, we'll, we'll address. So. Again, November 9th at 2.30. But let's talk about the subject, which is preparing for the next bull market in the bear market. And I have got to share an experience about being an investor. And this takes back, this, this goes back before you and I met. Uh, 2007, 2008. You know I was the smartest guy around. <laughs> I was a genius. Yeah. That's what I thought. In your own mind. In my own mind. And this is why I say that. 2007. You know, me and a friend, we're looking at the market. We're seeing things crack and, you know, let's short the market, we said. 2007. Late 2007, 2008 roll around. Oh, my goodness, the market's down a lot. And we were doing very well being short the market. In fact, I remember, this is how arrogant I was. Which I'm not. I, 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 I'm, I try not to be anymore. I'm driving down the freeway. Okay? And I'm in my truck. And I'm driving down to our old office, Thinkorswim offices in, in Draper. And I'm looking around. And I'm like, oh, you fools. Your 401ks. <laughs> your, your accounts are down 30, 40, 50%. And I'm just the opposite. You fools. That's what I was thinking. Okay, but 2007, 2008 was great for me. But here's the problem. Okay, um, March of 2009, market pivots. Starts rocketing higher. I'm in bear market mode because the news was just horrendous still. And keep in mind, I had done very well in 2007, 2008. 2009, I, I was too prideful. Okay. And did not, did not want to admit that the bear market was over because I was doing so well. Okay? So this goes back to market timing. If you get lucky enough, and that's what I'm calling it, I was lucky for shorting near the top. But to be a good investor, investor returns, you have to time the top and the bottom. And that's instinct possible. I didn't do it. And subsequently, 2009, 10, 11, my returns were not good, personally. 2007, 8, awesome. 2009, 10, not great. Because I wasn't preparing for the next bull market in the bear market. I contrast that to what you did. Tell, tell everyone what you were doing in eight and into nine. Yeah. So I was in, you know, managing money back then and uh, client, client money. Iron Gate was around. Iron Gate, yeah. Yep. And uh, I, we, you know, I saw cracks in the foundation in 07. I mean, just the real estate was just, we kept thinking, I kept thinking, 
this is nuts. You know, something's going to crack. You know, you heard about how weak the banking system was. We knew that there were potential problems. I felt like there was probably some rough weather ahead. You know, we talked about bumpy, bumpy air, you know, ahead. I felt like that was pretty obvious. Um, and so we, you know, we, we avoided certain sectors like financials and real anything real, real estate related and, um, had outperformance in 07 or in 08 when the market was down, we outperformed, but we were still, still down significantly. Yeah. But I went into that with an attitude of, okay, this is my opportunity. I got capital and I'm going to look for great investment ideas. That's, this is my, this is one of those lifetime opportunities where you can put money to work where prices weren't insanely cheap. And it happened. I mean, we didn't know, we didn't, I didn't realize that it would get as bad as it did. I mean, we were on the brink of off, you know, going up the economy off the cliff. You know, Buffett has said that the U S economy was in, in the, uh, emergency room, you know, and they, they had the, yeah. you know, the, the chest, uh, uh, things, what do you call them? Pads, the electrocution, you know, the pads, pads. the chest pads <laughs> on the U.S. economy trying to revive it. I mean, it was it was really bad yeah. and really scary. But I, you know, so that was my attitude as I, th- I felt like, hey, this is an opportunity to buy great businesses when they were on sale. And so that's what we did, the, you know, and it was difficult to get clients to 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 do that i mean ever nobody wanted to talk about because stock. of the fear there was a lot of fear but tons of fear but f- for the most part um, i had i don't think i had anybody like sell out of fear everybody stayed stayed invested we did really well coming out of that and you know those are the people that put more more money to work and bought at those you know market lows they saw real you know incredible gains coming out of that so yeah or even even adjust a portfolio meaning this if you're if you're getting out of financials and anything housing related at all then you have capital then to put in some other things mm-hmm. right and so even if clients don't have new money you can still as we do now um with a few positions that we've actually done lately is hey let's sell off of this and and buy something that's cheap but here, here's the overall thing that you did that I didn't. And I thought I was a genius. You prepared for the next bull market during the bear market. Yeah. Well, yeah. And part of that preparation is just the, the mentality, having the right mental attitude. You know, what, what am I, uh, and what to look for, what type of opportunities and knowing, knowing what to look for. What is it? What is an opportunity? What does that look like? Those are some of the things I did to prepare for, you know, during that bear market and, and to buy great investment opportunities during that time. Did it, did it pay off? It it did. I mean, it paid off really well. And even the people that didn't put new money in, I mean, they, they stayed invested. And, yes, we made adjustments to their portfolio and to areas that we felt were really, really attractive. And uh, yeah. it paid off over the next several years and uh, in, a, in a big-time way, yeah. So I, I've heard a lot of stories about investors Right, going back to investor returns versus investment returns. There in 2008, you know, I'm going to get out. I'm going to buy an annuity because it's safe. And they take that enormous capital hit, which is destruction of capital, just to feel safe. Right. I su- yeah. Oh, go ahead. I suspect that there's annuity sales are doing really well right now. 
I mean, these these are the times when annuity insurance salesmen sell lots of annuities because everybody's scared. It's like I don't want this. I, I I want you know I want I want to get out of this you know market volatility. This scares me. I just want something that's just going to give me you know a certain rate of return and I can just forget about it. And and uh, a lot of annuity sales in, increased during the financial crisis, and I'm sure it's happening right now. I didn't even think of that. You're yeah. right. Those those vultures are this, this is the time i mean i'm sure these guys are going nuts you know selling annuities so here's some statistics to put this uh to 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 put some real numbers on this this market has been compared that we're in right now with high inflation rising rates to the to the early 80s okay and so that's what i want to focus on is just the last bear market that we had that was similar uh in 1980 we were down through 82 we were down 27% on the S&P 500. The subsequent one-year return was 43.9. Three-year return was 81.2. Five-year, 238. And 10-year, 403. So if you can withstand that drawdown of 27% over the next 10 years in, in this bear market, you're up 403%. I'm not saying that's going to be what what happens now? I have no idea. If you look at the average bull market after the bear market, you're looking at 300 plus returns, 300% plus returns. So why looking back 2008, 2007 and eight for me, why in the world was I, wasn't I focused on the next bull market rather than tr- trying to be right in the short term, I lost out in the long term. And eventually pivoted and bought some great companies, and you know, did, right. did okay. Yeah. Well, um, I just it's if you're looking in the wrong areas, um, that's one of the risks. That's one of the things that can happen. And uh, I think you were focused on looking for shorts, you know, ways to make money on on a down market. But don't forget that the market over time historically goes up. That's just what it does. And we can talk about. You know, the reasons why, you know, you have this uh, this little sheet here that has all these statistics on, you know, what happens coming out of bear markets and the big returns come into, into the first few years coming out of bull markets or coming out of bear markets. The reason why is businesses continue to grow their intrinsic value. They continue to reinvest back in the business, the hire new employees. They may slow down during a recession, but the business continues. So it's like this rubber band effect. You get this, it gets stretched, and then what happens is, Oh, the market realizes, hey, you know, this isn't the end of the world. These businesses are going to be okay. And guess what? Oh, wow, these businesses are worth a lot more than what they were two or three years ago. But you, but you have this down market, and you're buying off of these lows, as opposed as opposed to buying off the market highs. When you're buying buying low, that that yeah. that can juice your returns and improve your returns going forward, as opposed to you're buying at all time highs and. And then maybe the market settles down or we go through a period like we are right now with high inflation, higher interest rates. and That's a great analogy, the rubber band. You know, it, it, it springs back the other way. springs back. In 2007, yeah. 2008, you know what? The rubber band was going back and, and my hand was right there. And when that rubber band was let loose, my hand was, sh- I was short the market. And man, that hurt. <laughs> that rubber band is slapping you. Yeah. Bam. That yeah. hurts. Here's here's the larger perspective, though. We have here's the beautiful thing about living in America, right? And I'm I, I'm sorry if anybody's down on America because we're not. We have we had a presidential election two years ago, 
you know, whatever side you want to take on that. Now we have a midterm election. And we mentioned this midterm election here in two weeks. We mentioned that two years ago. And it's hard to believe it's been two years, but we mentioned it two years ago. And the beautiful thing about this country is that we have the opportunity to vote, make our our voice heard, and bet on the future of this company. Or country. Country. Which then we're able to bet on the future of the companies that we own. So if America is going to cease to be America, then yeah, then you should be worried. But if America's best days are ahead, then the companies that we own, their best days are ahead as well. Yeah. And we met. You want to start singing the national anthem? <laughs> <laughs> we met with a client yesterday. We talked a little bit. Of, we talked a little politics, and uh, one of the things I told him is, despite who's in the in the Oval Office or you know controlling Washington. Statistics say that what really matters is, you know, that it doesn't really matter if it's a Republican or Democrat in office as far as the stock market. No, it, it may have a short-term effect, but long-term, businesses have done well regardless of who's in who's in office or who has the power in Washington, and that's because we have, you know, we have a lot of great things here. We have an entrepreneurial spirit. We have rule of law. We have we have the best best colleges, best universities in the world. We have the, the best, you know, defense systems in the world. You know, we we yep. can now you if you want to sing the national anthem you can, but <laughs> but there's My a wife lot would kill me if yeah, I sang on there, a podcast. <laughs> there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. But yeah. yeah, there's there's all kinds of disappointing things going on in Washington and, and I know you know, we're there's a lot of problems in the world and, and uh but there's there's some things to be optimistic uh, yeah, well. and yeah. the market loves gridlock, and that's where we're headed is gridlock in the circus tent that is D.C. So, you know, be excited for that. Um, the The overall arching theme is on the on the look on the journey to to gaining your financial freedom. There's going to be storms. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be flat tires. There's going to be, you know, tired legs. Whatever you want to say, but that ends. And if you keep climbing, the view is amazing you just have to sometimes wait out the storm which is what we're going through yeah be patient endure to the end <laughs> amen brother amen with that my friends i hope that helps prepare during this bear market with stocks and options that's what we're doing with both for the next bull market which i'm excited for yeah me with too. that my friends until next time bye-bye this is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.